Mommy, come wake up. Come on, I'm not ready yet. Just wait. Why don't you just come and snuggle with me just for a little bit? What? What was that? Six o'clock in the morning. Was that a dream? Was that a vision? What was that? There was nothing in my bed, but I swear to God, I just picked up a child and I swear to God, I saw a three-year-old little girl run up to me and say, mommy, 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 please wake up. Am I going crazy? I was in Ottawa, 2008. I arrived in Ottawa with a circus, an African circus, that went bankrupt in Montreal. <laughs> let's just let's just take that in for a moment. How was that go? And I chose to stay because I had never felt snow before in my life. So I told my mom, I'm gonna stay just till the first snowfall, and then I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna go back to Cape Town, get on a cruise ship, and travel the world. I'm an actress, dancer from South Africa. My mom's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And that for some reason, I knew that I would be okay with just a suitcase and leaving the saying goodbye to the circus and all my friends. I ended up in Ottawa. I ended up working at the Wild Oat, where I locked eyes with the father of my child. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's got beautiful eyes. You know. And we became very close friends. And uh, I stayed. I tasted the first snowfall, <coughs> which was a wonderful experience. <coughs> and that vision I had two weeks after we broke up. Because I was getting ready to go back home, you see. I was getting ready to go back home, get on a cruise ship, and follow my dreams. After that vision, another two weeks goes by, and I tell my friend, something's not right. I just, I didn't get my periods, and like, I just don't know, because like we broke up, and I just, I don't know. And my friends, I like, go get a pregnancy test. And I'm like, no, <laughs> there's no way. No, 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 I don't, I don't think so. And he say, go get a pregnancy test, and you'll feel better. What's, what's the big deal? So I go. That evening, I don't call the father, no. I'm on the phone with my sister. <laughs> what am I gonna tell mommy and daddy? I ran away with the circus and now I'm pregnant and now I have to come home? <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm keeping it, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I called him, we came over, and we discussed the matter. Yeah. <laughs> What an incredible, incredible partner he was and still is. He took care of me, took me under his wing, and for the rest of the four months while I was still in Canada, I stayed with him. And the time came for me to go back home. Now, just to put this in perspective, I come from a really small town with a big family. So those of you who come from small towns know small town mentality. <laughs> you know where 
the gossip happens <laughs> after church. Mm-hmm. So I go home with a four-month little belly, and I go back to Kimberley, and my mom and dad just welcome me back home. My whole family is just like, we've got you, Jackie. Come here. We're going to take care of you. And um, Jason stayed behind uh, because of work purposes. And I stayed in Kimberley, and I thought, okay, I'm going to have the baby in Kimberley. I'm going to have the baby with my mom and dad, and it's going to be all good. After three weeks, I was like, nope. I am leaving. I'm going back to Cape Town. I'm going to go and stay with my sister. Now, the, the medical system in Cape Town is very, I mean, in South Africa, is very different than here. There, to have a good plan, a hospital plan, you have to have medical aid, which I did not as a performer and actor earning very little income, next to nothing, with just a suitcase back from Canada, gone with a circus. So I'm sitting in Cape Town. And I'm wondering, how am I going to do this? How, how are we going to do this? And my sister, who's a nurse, sends me to a gynae. We couldn't afford it. But um, I went for one checkup. And I said, I'm sorry, but I won't be able to stay with you. And she's like, that's OK, but we get, you have to find a plan. You have to find something that works for you. So I looked at the government hospitals. And I remember going into the one government hospital. And by this time, I was about seven months. And I walked into Somerset Hospital, which is right at the waterfront in Cape Town. And I go to the second floor. And the floor was just reeking of urine and that medical supplies. And I burst into tears and I said, I'm not having my baby here. I will have my baby on the street. I am not having my baby here. And I just started bawling and I started getting into this huge uh, um, fit. <gasps> Where the nurses came out and said, ah, Sissy, you mustn't cry like this. You must think of your baby. Ah, no, 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 don't cry. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I was like, how is it going to be okay? I don't want to give birth here. <laughs> but it did all work out. I phoned my midwife and I said, I mean, I phoned my gynae and I said, listen, I need help. Please just give me some contacts to a midwife because that's all we can afford right now. She gave me three names and one name had the surname the same as mine. At this point, after traveling, I was like, it's all about the signs, people. Just follow the signs and they lead you to where you need to go. And Lydia DeToy was my midwife. And she was exactly the way I envisioned her. She was short, strong, big-hearted woman. And I went to Lydia and I said, Lydia, come I tell you something first. I am very dramatic. I can scream. I can put on a show. I need you to hold me down and be strong for me. Because I don't want any drugs in me. And this is how I envision it. And Lydia looks at me, no, Jackie, don't worry. I got you. I got you. And she carried me all the way. Jason arrived about eight months, eight, nine months, just in time for the birth. And um, the day came, and still no baby. So I was like, OK. Another week goes by, still nothing. 
Yeah, I phone my mom. My mom's like, I'm on the plane. I'm coming to see you now. My mom arrives. I was like, mommy, I don't know. It's two weeks late. I don't know. I don't want to induce, like the medical induce. I don't know what, you know, Lydia said, if I don't give birth by Monday, they're going to take me into the hospital. And I don't want that. My mother said, put on those gloves. Here's a cloth. Here's a bucket. Go wash the walls. <laughs> what? <laughs> mommy, did you see my belly? I'm like two weeks overdue. Go wash the walls. <laughs> there I was with a bucket and a rag, singing and cursing my mother. <laughs> up and down. Like, oh, you missed a spot. Stretch up high and taking me down. On the floors. Wash those floors. On all. Ah. Hey, mama, hey, mama. Mommy? Yeah, mama. So nothing. Guess was that house was sparkling <laughs> That Sunday night, I said, okay, now what? Car soil. Okay, that's my last resort. Sunday night, I take the castor oil, thinking, okay, well, I don't know if this is going to work. The next morning, I wake up, I'm like, Okay, I can feel a little bit of something, but I'm not sure if that's the poo, you know. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I don't know. Like, is this, this is my first time experience. Like, what is this? And um, my mother said, just keep still. Go throughout the day. We dropped my nephew off at the airport, and I started timing with the music. Okay, I'm feeling something every time the song ends. So that means like every five minutes something's happening. Okay, okay, okay. By that evening, I was in full, like full on labor. Jason is massaging me. I'm like, okay, come massage me right here, right here. And he starts massaging me. I'm like, no, just go away. Oh my God, I do not want to see you. My mother and sister arrived, they put me in a bathtub. I'm like, no, I don't want to get in. Okay, I'll get in. No, I don't want to get in the pain. Oh, I think I need to go to the hospital. Get to the birthing place. Now, it wasn't a hospital. Lydia said she only, she only delivers in this Mowbray birthing home. And I get there, and there's Lydia waiting for me. This room is a huge room with a king-size bed a huge bathtub with a huge window and plants everywhere. I was like, did I just step into my dream? <laughs> and I walked in and Lydia checked and she said, now girl, you only three centimeters. Why are you here? <laughs> Put some music on, got the incense going. My sisters waited downstairs. I was on the third floor, and Jason was with me, and the contraction started more and more. And as the pain started kicking in, so my nerves started kicking in more. And as the pain got worse and worse, I told Lydia, I said, even if I cry for drugs, you do not give me a drug, you give me Smarties instead. <laughs> and that time came and I was like, Lydia, I need the drugs. And she's like, no, here's your Smarties. <laughs> and the pain got more 
and more and more. And I held on to Jason and I said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I started screaming. And a knock was on the door. It was my mother. She stepped in and she asked, what's going on here? <laughs> I looked at Jason, I said, I don't want her in here. I don't want her in here, please just send her out. Jason tells my mother, which is very brave of him, she doesn't want you here. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> Within seconds, and I kid you not, I went from three centimeters to ten. <laughs> my I can't went to I can. And for that brief second, I went deep into the unknown belly of just nothingness. And as I sat there, I saw the spirit. And my midwife said, Jackie, you must remember, this experience is not just your, your birthing experience. It's also Jason's. And it's also that baby inside. Can you imagine that your baby is going to go through this womb of warmness and push through this channel to get out? Connect with that. Connect with the experience or connect with its experience. And I did. And in those brief seconds, I sat in that nothingness and I held that spirit and I said, are you ready? Are we ready to do this? Can we do this together? And we went into, I can. 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 I can, I can. I went to the bathroom and the water broke. Within seconds, I was in the bathtub, hands over Jason, after six pushes. One, two, three, four, five, six. There was a hit. What? That's so freaky. That's like really <laughs> freaky. It's like an alien coming out of you. And it came out. And <sighs> Jasmine Amaro de Toy swam out of me and latched right onto my breast. And that has been the most incredible, life-changing experience of my life. It was as if I could pack everything into that milk. Unconditional love, good health, protection from all harm. The stakes are always high for me. Even growing up, since I grew up, uh, whoosh, since I was a child, I've always worried about botching the assignment. Take the milker off too soon, the cow will get mastitis. Too late, a damaged udder. Milk production down, bankruptcy, abject poverty. <laughs> With this assignment, my child's life was at stake. Well, it sure felt that way. En route to the lactation consultant, every pothole was a jolt of pain. But I was hopeful. In her home office, the sun streaming through the big bay window, 
We tried to get it right. Footstool in place, special pillow, baby positioned, nipple aimed with precision. <laughs> again, and again, and again. No matter what we tried, the latch never held. There or at home, every few hours, day and night. We supplemented with pumped milk, making it double duty, just for fun, extra effort. Uh, we had to get Mallory to suck on the bottle with a wide jaw, just to keep the breasts in the running. Three weeks in, the lactation consultant declared, that nipple is large, that one angles outward, breast taut, full to bursting. She just can't get a grip. Oh, here I was again, my body failing me and my baby. Birth started as planned, at home, moving to hospital when the midwife signaled. Uh, 36 hours of pain, one hour of sleep, only three centimeters dilated. There's a pattern here. <laughs> really, three centimeters. Uh, we went to plan B, Pitocin. Oh. Oh, six more grueling hours, no sleep, only one more centimeter. Oh, epidural. Then the spiral, baby's heart rate plummets, emergency C-section. Is my baby gonna be okay? The shivering set in. Even holding my beautiful, healthy baby, my body would not stop shaking. This didn't help. The nurses woke us both every three hours to check temperature, blood pressure, heart rate, as if one of us would die any minute. On our way out of the hospital two days later, a nurse asked, why isn't this baby wearing mittens? She gave us a donated pair. The entire drive home, I hardly breathed, worried we would kill Mallory with our incompetence. <laughs> would I have gotten the hang of breastfeeding? If the birth had gone smoother, did my mind screw them both up? Or was it physiology? Cord around baby's neck, jaw nipple mismatch. One month after the deficient boobs diagnosis, I gave up on the latch and I picked up the pump. Full time now. I was sad to rely on technology and lose that skin on skin time with my baby. I was pissed about the extra work. <laughs> but like the shifts in birth plan, there was also a huge relief. Not too much, though. <laughs> Let's not get lazy now. <laughs> Attract the numbers. Mills pump, mills consumed, baby's weight, well after the midwife gave the all clear. Numbers, charts, spreadsheets, I love them. <laughs> they helped me choose a moving company, recommend a nursing home for our mother, and now keep my baby safe. Do you think it might be time to let go of the notebook? My doula gently asked one day. Chris was probably holding his breath in the background. I was holding Mallory. She was still so small and fragile. I thought, no way. We're not out of the woods yet. That night and a few after, lying beside my baby, done my nightly ritual of channeling immense love with each breath, I thought, my doula thinks I'm ready. She thinks I'm ready. 
When I finally put down the pen and chart, I took a leap of faith. I can do this. I can keep my baby safe. So I put down the notebook and I picked up the campaign. My company, we went on a bit of a mission. Pumping <laughs> milestones. One month, pump at a play date. Two months, join online group for moms breastfeeding by pump. Four months, pump in the car. I wasn't driving. <laughs> Six months, pump in public. It was a play date on our front lawn. I was still pumping every four hours at this point. Eight months, pump in a coffee shop. 12 months, circulate office pumping schedule. <laughs> Truly, I gave them a nipple exposure warning. <laughs> 13 months, pump at staff meeting. I declined a colleague's suggestion to cover up for other people's comfort. 15 months, 20 cubic foot freezer filled with breast milk. Okay, this is the size of freezer my mother used for harvested vegetables and slabs of beef to feed a family of 11. <laughs> okay, I had the odd fish stick and uh, popsicle in our freezer, but it was mostly breast milk. <laughs> 18 months, pump at a conference. I ignored a suggestion to pump in the bathroom. 20 months. Protest airport security who tried to confiscate the milk. Oh. This was great. My colleagues, fellow union feminists, jumped into action shouting, You want to take milk from this mother's baby? <laughs> and there was a physician in our group, and I got him, her to write a medical note on a napkin certifying the liquids as breast milk. Security. <laughs> milk got into our freezer safe and sound. <laughs> 22 months, Mallory drinks the last drop of breast milk. Hmm. I'm proud to have breastfed Mallory and challenge some stigma around pumping. I wonder though, why did I set the bar so high? Could I have bought a smaller freezer? Thank <laughs> you.